Gray Fox. Praise games. Welcome to Grey Fox Plays Games, the video games podcast where someone's had a bit too much caffeine, but he also really enjoys video games. Every fortnight, a bunch of friends jump on a pod. We talk about video games, what we love, what we hate, and that sweet, sweet fandom in between. And just like a haptic feedback t-shirt, which sounds a bit dodgy, we're here to put some shocking video game stuff into your veins. Joining me on the pod this week, I have my... Ho, 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 host John Moles. How are you doing, sir? I'm good. Thank you very much. Thank you very much. Fant- fantastic. And a man, uh, a Platt Hemingham. I've not done that right, but you get what I mean. He likes lots of platinums. <laughs> Alex Hemming, how are you doing, sir? I'm getting I'm digging it. I'm good. I'm no, good. Dig- digging the vibes, digging the vibes. You may notice we are missing a Michael Carl Edwards. That is because he is out slaying the beasts in the lands between, and he has stuff going on because he has a life, and sometimes that means the pod continues. Speaking of which, you can find this pod on Spotify, iTunes, wherever good podcast services are found. But you already know that. So, gentlemen, answer me this, something I don't know. What have you been watching, reading, or playing? Hemming. Ooh, that was very... Uh to the point uh, <laughs> i have been playing uh I, we spoke about it quite a bit last time but i am still playing a lot of final fantasy 16 i where's haven't it, where's it finished it yet oh it, it is now officially my game of the year so far wow um i am absolutely loving it just the, the, i've had a boss battle i don't think it's too much of a spoiler because it's pretty much laid the groundwork very early on that you're going to fight this person uh but titan the icon yep. titan you yep, have yep, a boss yep. fight with them that is up there now as one of the best boss fights I've ever played in a game. It's they seem like the insane. biggest kaiju battles of all time. This is exactly it. it. It's the only other game that I've played that has sort of a, a spectacle of that size was like Asura's Wrath. Don't know if that one even rings a bell with you guys. It was a Capcom game on the PS3. Yeah, no, a very angry four-armed man who punched a guy wielding a sword off the moon through earth so <laughs> that's the kind of scale of nonsense that i'm talking about right now sort of nonsense and it like was, an indoors yeah it was it's incredible i i've just got a screen on pause here after finishing another boss fight um yeah i'm absolutely loving it well there we go mr dj luck and mc knee if you had to compare that to the rest of the pathion on final fantasies i remember you said it didn't really scratch the top is it scratching the top now I still need some more time to think on that. How many hours the story ends? Um, that's going to be one that I don't know because I leave it running in the background. I play it for a bit at work and then leave it on pause for an hour, <laughs> run off, <laughs> do some work, come back and play a little bit. So the, the hour mark is all over the shop. But I'm at level 39. I assume 99 is the limit. Don't know. Um, I think we'll find out. The first playthrough, I think it's 50. And, right, uh, and then when you do new game pass, it goes to a hundred. I think Fair enough. I think I'm looking forward to that. Oh, Hemming, well, should we be, you been watching anything? No, I've not been watching anything. But one of the reasons why I probably haven't finished Final Fantasy yet is because I got distracted by another game, um, mm. Ghost Trick, Phantom Detective. So I was really hyped for this. Is this the one where it's like you got to solve your own murder mystery? That's it. Yeah. Ah. So you wake up dead, and you have to solve your own murder. 
And uh, whilst doing that, you also save people's lives because you can jump in to their dead body and go back in time to a few minutes before they died and then see how they were killed and then manipulate objects in the environment to stop them dying. So it's it's primarily a visual novel, but with all these puzzle-solving elements in it and quite a, quite an interesting story uh, and some very funky music as well, which I really enjoy. Is it a remake? It's not even a remake. It's a remaster. Right. So it was originally a Nintendo DS game from 2012, I want to say. Mm. So it's, uh, yeah, I'm very happy they've brought it back. If you have ever played like a Phoenix Wright game or the Zero Escape series or Danganronpa, you'll you'll have a great time with this. Uh, the demo is on PSN right now for free. So well worth a try. Just see what there you think. You go. And tell them Hemming sent you. Mr. Moles, <laughs> yeah. what's been going on in the molehole? Uh, yeah, I too have been playing Final Fantasy. Um, I'm like levels mid-twenties, I think, in a minute. Um, but I have not had much time recently, uh, unfortunately. I Life is getting in the way, and I've been busy. Um, so yeah, that's it. What have I been watching? I tried to watch Avatar 2, Way of the Water. <laughs> Did you put aside like seven days to watch it? I, I tried watching it. Some of it over two nights, a uh, little bit here, a little bit there, because it's a long film. Uh, I can't remember any of it. Can't remember any of it. Well, I have watched. Can't remember any of it. It's going to be one of those films that I may watch fully at some point. I want someone to do like a real <laughs> short cut of it. Do you know what I mean? Just like do like a, a two-hour cut of it, and uh, you could easily do that. And yeah, I agree with it. I think the kids call it mid. Is that is that what the kids to describe something that's pretty meh nowadays? I would just say meh. I just it, oh, it's just yeah. not the first film was great because it was just like all this lovely new CGI. It was the Fern story, Gally. you know, it's a story that's been done time and time again. Yeah, Pocahontas, Fern Gully, like yeah, all that stuff. <laughs> the, yeah. Um, I I just I don't even know what's I'd love going to on. Know what Jim time. Cameron has because like he has this magic dust or a monkey paw that's running out of fingers because <laughs> like we all laugh about jim cameron we'll all say oh yeah titanic man but it's like every film he directs it's guaranteed bank it's box office like i'd like to think that he walks into studios just with his big billy big bollocks cameron-esque way and just goes i'm making this film and they're like no you're not he goes it's gonna make a billion pound <laughs> okay, go on and go make it. Apparently, his pitch for Alien, or Aliens, I should say, was he literally walked into the studio, pulled out the old poster, and drew a dollar sign next to the Alien and said, we're going to call it Aliens. It's going to be fucking action horror, and it's going to do amazing. And, and, they were and just, he was right. Yeah, yeah, and he was right. He was they were just like, right. take money. <laughs> and I'd love to have been in a room where it's like, okay, so you he made um, uh, True Lies, which at the time was the highest grossing film uh, one of the most expensive films ever made at the time. He literally built a highway and blew it up. And they're like, okay, so you've you've reinvented the Terminator, you've reinvented the Alien franchise, you've made Arnold Schwarzenegger a comedy star who's never done a comedy at that point. You made Jamie Lee Curtis an action hero. What are you going to do next? I'm going to rebuild the Titanic out of wood and sink it on a giant pool. <laughs> <laughs> I, I just okay, Jim. All right, you go for that. I, I don't know how. Maybe maybe the film gets really good after like two hours, which I haven't hit yet. <laughs> but it's made like two point something billion. So it's like, how? 
I think there's like a cult following of people that would literally ride or die for that franchise. Okay, anyway, so that's, I don't know that's, who what, they are. that's what I've not been watching. Basically. I tried, I yeah, failed. Yeah. I might have to restart and go completely in again. But when I get five hours yeah, or you know. however long it is. But anyway. They should do like a like a like an episodic cut of it then. So it could be like episode one and just like watch it like a TV show maybe. That's what me and my wife done to get through it. Or some person on YouTube will probably do a nice little cartoon animation that she's like Avatar two in three minutes. Like, very, very true. Very true. Uh, get the zero punctuation guys to do it. It'll be no, because it'll just slate it more than I have. that's kind of like this charm though Um, right so myself uh, in terms of playing look I'm getting back on that Resident Evil 4 I'm getting that goddamn platinum mother hubbard I am speed running at the moment on professional Um, I will say this for anyone that's attempting to do this you used to think that when you died and it would say hey go back to your last save point that the counter would reset no it doesn't which I should I have warned not, you about this. I'm sorry. I didn't. I didn't realize this till I got to the lake because I was just like, okay, I've managed to get like to the lake in 12 minutes from the start. Right? That's a that's a damn good speed run. I'll be honest. YouTube has helped a lot. But anyway, I got to that bloody lake and I was like, ah, oh, the bloody big, I don't know what it is, Charamander thing. <laughs> the big fish. Yeah, the big fish is a nightmare, and you literally have to know every move because. You get two hits if you're lucky, and that's it. Mm. You, otherwise, you're done. So it took me about two hours worth of attempting until I found out, oh, fuck, my count has gone up again. So I just started a new game again. Because <laughs> I was like, I'm already at like three and a half hours, and I'm barely at the end of chapter two, I think it was at the time, or three. Um, so anyway, I'm currently up to chapter 11. My runtime is currently at two hours, 23 minutes. Um, nice. So I am hope There's so, like, I, I mean, I'll be honest. I done the, I bought the, um, what should we call it? The rocket launcher. And that is making life a hell of a lot more fun. Cause there's things like, like there's logical things they've done in video games now where it's like, you know, where there's a segment where you have to get dynamite and blow up the thing. That's like a whole half hour thing to go get dynamite. If you've got the fucking rocket launcher, you blow it up and you skip that whole section. Uh, when you see the, basically the ogre at the castle and you have to do all that thing to navigate around and get the tank, get the cannon and fire it. You can just fire a rocket at him and it triggers the cutscene with him dying and just walk through. So I like the practicality of how it lets you shortcut stuff, which has been fantastic. Um, I will be getting Final Fantasy 16 when I get that platinum. That's going to be my reward for it. Um, In terms of watching, I have been watching Marvel secret invasion. I talked about the first episode in the last pod. We are now, I think three episodes in or four episodes in. I can't remember now. Um, I say this as the biggest shill of the MCU you will ever see. They call me Cuckleberry Finn of how much I will watch the MCU. However, even I have to admit, less is more. And this is the Nick Fury show. And this should be a really good show. And it kind of is. But I have been, I've eaten so much pizza. I'm stuffed with pizza having, and I don't want to eat any more pizza. I can hear the pain in your voice. It hurts me so much, (laughs) but it's just like a, this is why you shouldn't listen to fans because it's just gotten too much. And Bob Iger's news that they are going to dial back on the TV shows. So what's in production will continue, but it's not going to be like 20 shows. It will be like dialed back and the movies will go back to being more like two or three a year rather than five or six. And if I get better quality and if I get that feeling I got, when Tony Stark said those words, I am Iron Man, and then 10 years later said them again and clicked his fingers and it made the whole world cry and generate $2.8 billion for that one movie alone. Great. 
if I then get people texting me every five minutes going, oh, what should I do for Marvel's film? It fucking sucked. Why does Marvel keep sucking? Cape shit, bastard. I'm like, leave me alone. I'm not Marvel. <laughs> but we know how much you love it. So you, you're I know, the outlet. I just, you're yeah, exactly, outlet. Exactly. I think the, um, they've ridden the, the wave has been so big for so long. It's, it had to crash at some point. I think they got an inflated wave because of COVID as well. So for about 18 months, we didn't have, we had Endgame and in 18 months, nothing. And we're all indoors. And then Disney Plus got launched at the same time. And we had WandaVision, which, you know, I'm not going to talk about the quality of the show because that'll differ. And I know some people will be telling me, Adam, what are you fucking talking about? Some people go, no, Adam, it's pretty dope. Um, but the point is, is that we all watched it because there was nothing else on because we kind of, we completed Netflix and Pornhub. So when we got... <laughs> We'd all finished Tiger King at that point. We needed Yeah, exactly, else. right? We need something new. <laughs> but, but we've had so much variety since then. And also on top of that, we've not had a chance to miss it. So like, although we've had so many movies and TV shows, the story hasn't progressed. It is kind of like they don't know what they're doing. So... Yeah, you know what? Less is more. Um, I will say I'm enjoying it because I will do because I've mentioned a couple of very thin when it comes to the MCU, but I acknowledge that it's not great anymore. Um, but to end on a more lighter note, um, I'm talking about the latest run of Batman with Chip Zaraski. I think that's his surname. It was just as a guard. I butchered that. Sorry, sir. Um, here is the current writer on Batman. Um, his volumes are starting to be released now, and I've been reading them issue by issue. Having them in a collection has been beautiful. But I will say this. Amazon... I have a fucking box out the front of my house that says, I have a dog, please put stuff in this box. I also have a thing above my letterbox that says, beware of dog, yet you still keep posting my comic books through the letterbox. So all my comic books have bite marks in, which is a terrible thing because the artwork is beautiful. Anyway, I I know, first world problems. Um, And uh, I think that's (laughs) it. Shall Shall we talk about video games? (laughs) <laughs> no yeah. we shouldn't actually oh. there was a task i set out actually if you've got your your homework um so i asked for this episode for the pods to cast their fellow podcast members as characters from the arnold sylvester the arnold sylvester what the fuck am i saying the arnold schwarzenegger movie catalog uh he has had some bangers over the years a career spanning nearly 45 years and there have been some amazing characters from that so i've got my list Do you want me to go first or are you ready to go who wants to go no, you go ahead, mate. It sounds like right. you're raring. So, Mikey, um, he's not on, but I know he'll be listening. So I hope it brings a smile to his face. He is, I've gone with the obvious, Victor Freeze uh, from Batman and Robin. Uh, this man loves this movie. He quotes it endlessly. He generally actually thinks Batman and Robin is a deep half. He's not going to say it's a great film, but he enjoys it. Um, you know, there's, there's someone out there who had to. Um, and saying that, I've got, I'd, I would like to see a decent George Clooney Batman movie. I think he could make an excellent Bruce Wayne. He's got the suave. Anyway, that's, I'll save that for another podcast. Um, Moles, I have gone with, I know what you want me to say, go with, but I'm not going with that, my friend, unfortunately. I'm going with, you're a family man. You'll do anything for your family. You would jingle all the way. Be you are man. Howard Lagston. What a name, by the way. That's a that's a nineties name, Howard Langston. It's also um, a ridiculous name for a giant muscle-bound Austrian man. <laughs> <laughs> and they never. I love it when all these movies when they're like, okay, he's going to play a family man, and they never say what he does for a living because they're just like, what what profession could he have that explains this man's physique? <laughs> uh, Hemming. You, you are a, a summer flower of life. You always try and find the good in everyone. Some might say the best of things that have been pulled together. So you are Julius Benedict. That is right. Twins. 
which uh, if anyone follows, spoiler alert for a film that's nearly 33 years old, the story is that in a genetic lab, they tried to create the perfect human being and they accidentally created twins. All the good stuff went into Arnold Schwarzenegger. All the crap ended up being Danny DeVito. And apparently it will never happen, but there's a third move or second move, I should say, a third twin called Triplets. And it's supposed to be Eddie Murphy. It's been in the works now for about 20 years. And for me, I have power in this pod. I can take away your identity. I can remove you. I can edit you out. I could be an eraser. Um, the irony is that Arnold Schwarzenegger's character in Eraser was actually just called Eraser. <laughs> I didn't even bother giving him a name. But I think you know, there's that scene where the crocodile comes in and he just goes, your luggage. Like, what what, what punish you got there? The most punishment of puns. It was incredible. So there that, we go. That's my, my arm. That incredible gun that you'll have as well. Oh, the, the green gun. Green gun. And it was oh, like, holy cool. crap. Like, but wasn't that fired. the eraser? Wasn't that what the gun was? Yeah, well, I, I think suppose so. technically. Well, the, the, the concept was that if you're in trouble, these people come and remove you from society. And they give a you a new identity. They erase you from history sort of thing. So that makes you've been sense. erased. Um, which, <laughs> honestly, the 90s had so many amazing concepts which would have spanned, like, that'd be a, dope tv show now of just being like what do you do i'm a fixer i go and get bad people out of bad situations yeah. for exchange of information um and give them a new life anyway hemming give us mm. your your cast as arnie characters well the thing is you've already taken two of them because Rolls <laughs> and Mike are 100% Howard Langston <laughs> and Mr. Freeze that was like love it love it easy love it. peasy picking right there um but for you sir i have gone with you have to deal with a household of three children running around. <laughs> you need to put them in their place. John Kimball. Who is your daddy? Am I and Kimball? what does he do? I you Mr. are Detective Kimball. John Kimball. <laughs> there is no more complaining. The, the, no the, more I, Mr. Kimball. <laughs> there is no bathroom. <laughs> the bad guy in that movie is the most sterile. There's no bad guys in this movie, really, is it? The dad. The, the yeah. stepdad, who's like a bit of a crook, gets out of prison. And goes, I'm going to go steal some, some uh, what was it? Um, oh, Skeletrics. And he beats up some of the shop. Here's the most 80s bad guy to ever 80s bad guy with the hair, the oily skin, the suit. Classic. It's amazing. amazing. I love that film. But I, I haven't casted myself, so I don't, I don't know. Right, I Conan apologize. the Barbarian. There we go. Yeah, we're going Conan. <laughs> <laughs> Most. I, I've, I've mixed I've mixed it up a bit Ooh, love it. Be, in, in the mean whilst you've been talking in the meantime I've been in the background with a list of characters so I've literally I, got a Google sheet of my research <laughs> I do for this sucker there we go like, you just Google why I, 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 but anyway let's get I have picked the T-800 for Hemming because <laughs> nothing was exactly that Exactly that. Nothing's going to stop him from getting. And I've seen so on several occasions come out from behind a car, crouching naked. Yeah, I mean, we, <laughs> we we don't talk about that. Platinum. <laughs> um, I put uh, Mister Flint down as Doctor Freeze. Fair enough. Because it's, Batman. it's closest to Batman. You're going to get being rules. I'm, I'm there. Sold. We go. There we go. Uh, Mikey. Why did I put Mikey down? Oh, Mikey was um, John Matrix from Commando. Because ah. I know he loves that film almost as much as I do. <laughs> and then I picked my, I picked Dutch from Predator. Yeah, of course, 100%. That's my favourite you know, character in any Arnie film. It's one of my favourite films of all you time. You know what they don't do enough of? 
you know the end credits of that film where it looks like a 70s TV show end credits where it goes like, off into the sun where well no no that's no, not that it's where it goes through the cast and it's still shows frames them. of the cast oh, yeah frames. it's like and then, yeah. then like and then they do that kind of looks the camera turn around <laughs> <laughs> hey, hey. <laughs> Shane Black. Hey. After what you've just watched with Carl Predator, <laughs> <laughs> I want that in movies for the rest of my life. Of just the, and it's always like the. Oh, <laughs> didn't notice you there. <laughs> it's almost like Jogging a really, God. it's really bad um, casting, isn't it? Like, yeah, someone has audition done an edit casting of that. that. <laughs> yeah, someone's done an edit of that with the theme tune of Taxi in the background. <laughs> And it's just, it's golden. It is golden. Movies, you're on strike at the moment. I know a lot of you, but if you're looking for people to write, hey, you know what? We can write you 70s style endings for your movies. We got, yeah, we got the ending. We got the we credits. We got the credits and the post post credit scenes. That we just middle bit. This, yeah, and then yeah, it's all the other hey, stuff. Hey, hey, AI will help us, right? <laughs> Fuck it. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, gentlemen, let's let's get on because the fox is in. <laughs> Okay. That was almost so, Streets of Rage. That, that, that's what I've been editing in. It is the Streets of Rage level complete thing. No hey, ever, that was the closest. Not, that was the closest ever. Thanks, thanks sir. Not received a, a cease and desist of that yet. So, God damn it, I will keep going. Uh, speaking about ceasing and desists, Hemming, can you please be our guy on this? Because the FTC won't let me be with Xbox and the FTC. Uh, three letters. What's going on with those three letters? So, <clears throat> um... <laughs> I, I don't really know, to be perfectly honest with you. I've spent the last day trying to read up on it and figure out what's going on. But I'll be honest, it's a bit of a mess still. So the, the long and the short of it is this trial that the FTC brought um, against Microsoft, they've lost. Microsoft have won the case. Hey! Justice has prevailed. They've, they've blocked the primary inju- injunction from taking place, which would have stopped this merger from happening. Right. But now they've appealed that. So we've got to see what happens there. The FTC are now appealing it again, trying to pause the purchase from happening. Um, but I believe they were set a deadline for like the 18th of July. They've got a against this, ain't they? Yeah, they're, yeah. so we'll see throbbing. what happens. <laughs> Absolutely throbbing. Um, but then another three letters, the CMA, who Ooh. are the UK version of the FTC, who denied the merger a few months ago. They are now in talks with Microsoft and have set a six-week deadline, the end of August, to discuss what's going to happen to Activision Blizzard and Microsoft in the UK. Because what would happen at the moment, if this went through, the UK would technically not recognize it. And therefore, that means that you wouldn't be able to purchase Activision Blizzard products in the UK. They would kind of have to just be blocked for a period of time until it all got sorted. Oh, so we lose so, out. <laughs> exactly, yeah. So they're they're going to be in talks and they're trying to sort something out. Um, the, the main thing from the trial seems to be the FTC really, really concentrated on Call of Duty. And we're talking about how important Call of Duty was and how massive a moneymaker, which it is, um, mm-hmm. it was and how people would miss out on if it was not there. Whereas the CMA were talking more about the cloud gaming side of things. So they were worried about cloud gaming, whereas the FTC are more worried about COD. And Microsoft just said to the people hearing this, well, COD, we've got an agreement that it'll go on the Switch for 10 years and it'll stay on PlayStation for 10 years. You happy? Yeah, we're happy. Brilliant. Let's go. 
Mm. Um, They've also, though, other things have been unveiled that Sony will not share any details of the next console with Activision now as a result of this. Mm. Um, because it's now comp- it'll be deemed as competitive insider information um, when it comes to this kind of stuff. So, I mean, is this a thing where basically if the if the money truck backs up, will this all go away? Like, will the CMA sit there and just go, let's just say they moved me to a bigger house? That sounds like what's happening at the moment, actually, yeah. <laughs> it does sound like they're having these chats. But one of the workarounds for the cloud gaming aspect because it seems the CMA aren't worried about COD. This 10-year promise that Microsoft have made seems to be putting everybody at ease on that side, um, is apparently they could sell their cloud gaming service to a third party who would run it for Microsoft. Right. I don't know what that means. But then Microsoft could acquire them a later date. I, the point is, is that, and I agree on the COD thing, because today's COD is yesterday's kill zone, right? Like, have you seen the Homelanders point- in it? Yes, and uh, Black <laughs> Noir and Starlight. They're starting to do that. They're starting to do the um, Fortnite thing of just like, what's in the yeah. zeitgeist of pop culture? Oh, or who wants to do a deal with us? Let's. Like, have you seen there's a Wimbledon thing for Fortnite where they basically recreated oh, Wimbledon God. and you have to run around Wimbledon? I I've, I've never played Fortnite. I'm old. No, no, same. <laughs> like I'm, I'm old. Although I've, I started getting into Minecraft because I got a, a Switch for my kid, and uh, we've been bonding on that. It's been quite nice. Aww. But um, so FTC won't let them be. Let them be me. So let us see. As MM absolutely, once that's said. the best thing that we can do right now. I mean, it's a shame for the people that do care about COD. If you are a PlayStation owner and you have COD and you play Warzone and all that lovely stuff, it will suck for you. But for me personally, I can give two shits about COD anymore. Well, yeah. as they've said, they still get it for 10 years. They, Yeah, but will they? As Microsoft promised. This is, this is part of the issue, yeah. Will I'm they? more concerned with like your, your Elder Scrolls and all that kind of stuff. So I know it's not the Activision deal, so it should be a completely separate thing. My point is, is that... I'm more concerned about more beloved franchises. Microsoft have already like sweeped most of them up already. Mm. Yeah. And it's only because they were in production that they've come out on PlayStation. If I give a shit enough, I'll go buy an Xbox. Exactly. That's what, that's what Microsoft are hoping for, right? They were cheaper. The Xbox series S, the, Basically, the kiddie yeah, version, the digital one, the, yeah, the, the cheapest one, little white, yeah. white one that was cheaper than a switch last week. Hmm. Yeah, they've they've released a, a cheaper version of it as well. It was on it was yeah. on offer. I can't remember what it was. One hundred eighty quid, I think it was. And I'm sure you could do a decent version when you get Game Pass with that. So you're thinking, you know, for uh, the cost of a Switch, you get access to that back catalogue of which you no longer had access to. Yeah. Um, so you know, let's let's see what happens. I just hope that eventually we get back to talking about new video games. In <laughs> fact, let's get back to talking about new video games. Segway. Uh, EA have announced that they are doing a new Black Panther game in partnership with Marvel Games. This is in addition to the other Black Panther game that is in the works as well. This is going to be a story-driven, inspired by God of War-esque storytelling. Um, We're going to be going to Wakanda a lot, sounds like it. And I, for one, although I mentioned earlier about how I'm a bit sick and tired of MCU, (laughs) when it comes to video games, I think that's a nut that needs to be cracked a little bit more because it can be done. Insomniac have proven you can make a hot damn good Marvel game and also they can do it well on mobile as well. Can they apply that to the Black Panther Pathion? Hemming? I I don't really care. 
I'm sorry. <laughs> Moving I'm on. So sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I I need to see more. They've announced that they're making it. Let me see some screenshots. Let me see some footage. At the moment, you've just got a logo, and that that does nothing for me right now. Mm, yeah, it's not not floating about in our. Why is it with it? <laughs> why is it with EA? Uh, they must have just bought the rights to that character. Yeah, like, maybe they do sports um, games, right? They're the best people. They, to do, they sports do quite games. a lot of. Um, yeah, hey, you're one of your well. favorite franchises is an EA. Yeah, Mass yeah. Effect is EA, yeah. or at least was under wow, that umbrella. Buy eyewear. Yeah, but it was still under their umbrella, so technically an EA game. Yeah. Um, like Dead Space uh, as well. Uh, uh, Star Wars Jedi Order is an EA game. Yeah, so they're all they, they do have a pretty decent history of making some some good stuff. So we'll see. <laughs> I will say this, and I'm not, you know, I know Black Panther, just look at the box office it makes. There it is a brand which is the most, rec- one of the most recognizable comic book brands going. That being said, it kind of feels like a weird one to go for. Um, also, especially when we have history showing that maybe you can't hang your hat on that particular franchise with the Avengers game. Um, their big gambit to survive was their massive Black Panther, the War of Wakanda DLC. And it it killed the game. I think the, um, I think the game was probably dead. All right, before the game that. killed the game. Okay, um, fair enough. Fair if, enough. Like, if you was Marvel and you want to make claw some money back, make a standalone Iron Man game. Well, they did the VR one. It was terrible. We did well, That's because they also got VR. They also made a couple on the PS3, and they were really bad. Yeah, but that was yeah. the PS3. But that was, know, PS, that was hard to you know make fact, decent games. There with. are great like he- that was I a know, movie tie-in. <laughs> I, I know Mikey oh, is no. screaming at this pod right now. Midnight Suns is an example where you can use the IP in amazing and interesting ways. Where okay, I don't know how commercially well it's done. I've read that it's done. It's earned its crust, which is great because it means there'll be DLCs and they'll keep that those plans going. It's obviously not a game of the year contender or talking about billions of sales, but. It is definitely another way of utilising that collective IP in a way which gets the fans happy. Um, you know, what I'd love to see. I'd love to see someone make a Blade game. I know we had like the original Ooh. PlayStation one. Do you know what I mean? Like proper Devil May Cry esque style, but with some nice RPG elements to to kind of level up your your Blade a little bit better. And yeah, yeah sounds- just. Do the trilogy as a whole series of games. It'll be incredible. Get Triple H and get, Wes- yeah. get Wesley Snipes. He'll do the voice. He'll love it. <laughs> there we go. Um, we uh, Some of our friends recently just bought PS5s. Congratulations to, to anyone who is opening up their new PS5s. But there is rumors of a slimmer version coming out at the end of the year. Um, there are various earning calls which are suggesting a new PS5 SKU is on the horizon. Um, and that's nothing to do with the game franchise. Um, what's the, what do we think? Do we care? Do we think the thing needs a slim version? Yes. Uh, it, it is quite <laughs> large. <laughs> it needs to slim down. Um, <laughs> do I, do I care that they're making a smaller one? Will I buy a small No. It's, they it's natural. It. They always do, yeah. Three, yeah. three years into a life cycle. They it's go. about... I mean, how long before we got the thin PS... Uh, PS3 Slim, I remember that was a big deal. That was only, I think that was only a couple of years in because that was such a monster when that yeah. came out. And the Slim version's nice and petite, which is uh, very nice. PS4, did we get a Slim version? No, they of PS4? went, they we went PS4 straight. Pro, we got the we? Pro, didn't we? Yeah. So, 
Yeah, I mean, people are talking about a PS5 Pro on the horizon as well, and I was just like, Bloody hell. do we need it? I think the pandemic has slowed that down. I think the pandemic has basically ensured that there's another two years bolted onto this life cycle because of how hard it's been to get resources yeah. and, and developers onto this this platform. It's, it's still only now feels that we're a bit behind, doesn't it? Yeah, it's only now that like you're seeing games being balls out and saying, no, this is only going to be current gen, not previous gen now, which is good. Right? It moves the medium forward. Mm. Um, do you think... Also, I mean, let's talk about the Ratchet and Clank thing then for a second. Um, so Insomniac Games have announced that Ratchet and Clank, this is, seems to be a directive from Sony, actually, on all first-party titles to eventually make their way to PC, um, which is great for the pc market it's also must be lucrative because every time a ps exclusive ends up going on playstation it ends up doing gangbusters on steam and so they're they're, they're carrying on so the next on that train line has been ratchet and clank uh, drift apart to end up on pc now the reason why this has caused hullabaloo and why certain people who might be against the old playstation movement are are calling shenanigans is back in the day when rifts apart was originally announced and the original things come out they've said you can only play this game on a PS5 and you can only have this game and the way it plays because of that SSD, that sweet, sweet SSD, instant load, nothing else. Now, the PC version does not require an SSD and they've managed to create the same instantaneous experience. And people were like, this is very bad advertising. I can't fucking believe they do this. Oh, what, your stupid SSD? I can I just point out one thing? That game came out like nearly three years ago now and you can iterate upon it and optimize and they figured out a way to make it work on PC without an SSD. Call your jet, son. And, and didn't they announce that it only works without an SSD on PC but at minimum settings? Like you, you can't run it on anything other than 720 highest and 30 FPS. Yes. You can't actually go to the full whack. Yes. Like this is not, this is like in other news, water's wet. Like, yeah. Like it's such a, first of all, I'm so happy for PC gamers. I'm not a PC gamer. I I think the best experience you can have on a PC is buying a damn console. But (laughs) (laughs) I know that there's a massive audience out in that world and and they're starting to experience the first party privileges that we have had from Sony. So buddy for you, but don't look a gift first party game in the mouth. I feel like (laughs) they're complaining, but if you're into PC gaming, your even like a mid-spec PC is going to be comparable to a PS5. Most most decent PCs will have SSDs now in them. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. I mean, my laptop has an <laughs> I mean, SSD. We are clutching pearls here, <laughs> going. You said you said it had to be SSD. And it would never work without. Well, it. Yeah. turns out it was all bullshit. It's like, well, no, maybe back in 2000, 2020, <laughs> when when this that statement was said, that was the case because they've not spent time optimizing it for different methods to deliver the same graphical fidelity that you are seeing on the screen now. Um, so. Call your jets. It ain't yeah. news. You don't need an it's SSD not, on PC not. because it's just loaded all into RAM. Exactly. <laughs> RAM that sucker. You, I'll tell you, something. you need a lot of RAM. <laughs> so moving on to something else that was rammed. Uh, the Lord of the Rings Gollum Studio, unfortunately, Ooh. has uh, has closed. Um, now, we are never going to say and poke fun at people losing their jobs, and we're never going to lose... Um, we do not want to lose faith with anyone that puts their blood and heart and sweat into something passionate. That being said, the game did look kind of jank, and it's just a shame this has happened. Do we want to give any words on this, Hemming or Moles? Yeah, I'll, I'll jump in. Um, I thought it was an odd choice of studio when it was announced. So it's made by Daedalic M- Entertainment, and hmm. the name rang a bell to me because 
I play a lot of weird, 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 weird games, uh, and they make quite a lot of point-and-click games. And that's primarily what I know them for and what they're known for. So they made a series called Deponia, which was a trilogy of point-and-click games in the sort of Monkey Island-esque style, but more sci-fi. Um, a game called Silence, which again, similar sort of thing. And now they're being put, they're given the Lord of the Rings franchise and told to make a stealth action game with Gollum. I'm, I'm sorry, what? How are you just taking a point and click studio and going, here guys, do this and yeah. expecting it to be perfectly smooth? I, I mean, it feels it does like look they might worse be than like the fail. old games though. It does, but, but it does feel I a mean, bit like they're right, right. it's, it's, it, I don't know, something seems off. I mean, I completely agree with you with that. I will say that in all these sort of adversities, awesome studios get formed and great IP starts happening. So hopefully the talented people either get hoovered up in other ways and do some cool projects or they learn the lessons from it and do some cool stuff. Mm. Um, What I will say is not cool is targeting the developers on social media and posting horrible memes of their not so successful game to them because that kind of sucks. Um, yeah, I yeah. mean, give them some they, credit. They had the balls to actually see it through. It was like, but then you've got a question. Why did nobody like look at it halfway through the product and go, why does Gollum look like he's wearing a toupee? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, I mean, I mean, it's probably a great conversation to have. Maybe I was going to say of AJ, but maybe not of AJ because he, he'll no, have nobody to, wants to make a bad game, as he says. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And, um, It'll be fascinating to find out. There's a book called Blood, Sweat, and Pixels. Um, I highly recommend it. I know the author is working on a new book at the moment, which is very much on this topic over why bad video games happen. And, yeah, it's a fascinating subject. It's the same with movies, though, right? Like, no one goes out to make a bad movie, but sometimes you get stinkers, right? It just happens, um, and it's all part of the creative process. Also, you can't have... You can't have everything amazing, right? Like eventually, you do get to to some some duds. Um, anyway, I was saying that wasn't a dud. I'm going to switch it up with the Last of Us TV show. It's the first TV show adaptation from a video game to get any nominations in the Emmys. Not only did it be the first one to break it break the video game adaptation duck, but it got 24 of the damn things. Should point out the episode. I can't remember amazing. the name of it, but the June, the beautiful love story with Frank. Um, ev- like both of them got the lead uh, actor nominations for that as well. Oh wow, I didn't know. So what? Both? Wow. Both, um, I was going to oh, say Ron Swanson, but that's not yeah, his actual that's exactly name. What I, was like. <laughs> um, I can't think of his goddamn name now. Ron Swanson um, and the White Lotus guy. Yeah, yeah, exactly. They both got um, nods uh, for that's their amazing. Um, Fair not to mention, of course, um, Pedro Pascal and uh, oh, Bella. Ram- yeah, there we go. Um, yeah, fair play. Um, I hope. This means high quality. I hope this means people take a, a little bit more of taking this medium seriously because it is an absolute art form. It's beautiful. And when it's done right, it elevates everything around it. And Twisted Metal, <laughs> good luck. <laughs> Didn't like the looks of that, uh, but we'll see. <laughs> I have to say that Anthony Mackie is screaming late 90s Will Smith vibes, and I'm here for this. <laughs> well, we'll, so see, we'll see how it goes. In, in 10 years' I, time, would he go and smack a prominent comedian? <laughs> I, I don't think Twisted Metal's going to be up for as many Emmys. Just as a little, that's a little hot take was, for you there. It was a bit of a strange <laughs> franchise to take, wasn't it? A vehicular combat game with weird 
clown quite, ice cream salesman. It's quite niche. Yeah. I mean, their game was great. One. I remember burning lots of hours on Twisted Metal Black, I think it was, on the PS2. Yes, that um, was the, one of the first games that had online capability on the PlayStation because you could attach a, a modem, modem to the back of the PS2. That's it, yeah. Yeah. Um, but as a mm. franchise, it seems a bit of an odd one to pluck out of the, off the, <laughs> off the hat, strange. isn't it? Well, uh, Peacock um, were the ones to, to fork out the dollars for it. And they've made some interesting choices. Um, over the pandemic, a young director made a a fake trailer um, for a grounded, gritty version of Fresh Prince of Bel-Air. And you watch the trailer and go, this looks dope as hell. And they liked it so much that Will Smith gave permission for Peacock to go and make that into a series. And they actually went and got the director and he, that's his first gig, like making the Fresh mm. Prince gritty TV show for Peacock. Um, the only thing, I don't know, it's probably done the right thing. He he got rid of the entire cast from the the trailer who were his friends and got actual actors. <laughs> it's probably <laughs> but, for the best, yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's probably for the best. But um, unfortunately, that didn't do very well. And um, yeah, they're, they're, I've got nothing wrong with with people swinging for the fences. I'll tell you one thing that's a, that looks like a bit of a swing and a miss, though, that Gran Turismo movie. Have you seen the trailer for that? I've, I have. Isn't that it just slight... looks like generic racer film. But isn't that slightly based on true story, though? Apparently, Yeah, so. I'd like to know how much creative license is with that because I find it very hard to believe that someone was good at Gran Turismo 4 and uh, managed to convince someone to join like a NASCAR speed team or something. Honestly, I think that is based on a true story. Yeah, I know, but it's like, you know, at times I hear someone going, oh, yeah, you heard about my mate? My mate down the pub, Dave, said that he, he knows someone who spent 500 hours a month on Football Manager and he walked into Man City and he got a job as a scout. <laughs> it's that sort of, it sounds like that sort of bollocks, doesn't it? I mean, yeah, maybe. I, the film doesn't look too exciting, to be honest. No, no. It doesn't, but they've put a lot of money into it. I, I think with video and games, cars, now, people like cars. Yeah, I think we're Especially entering if furious. and and fast. I think we're entering the era now where they're mining video games as they did comic books in yeah. sort of the early two thousands, where they're kind of picking at random. One of them will do really well, and then they'll start picking at random ones, and eventually they'll go. Actually, okay, let's pick some serious ones and go into this properly. Uh, so we may right. be in our sort okay. of Spyro the Dragons next then. Yeah. I was going to say, okay, Miles, you've started <laughs> it. Pick one. Of, it'll just be fucking shits and giggles. I want to see that made into a live action thing. And one serious, actually, that would be Last of Us-esque award-winning bait. Do you want me to go first while you're thinking? Mm, yes, please. Go ahead. So for the fuck it, that would just be hilarious. I want to see a Gex Enter the Gecko TV <laughs> show. In the animation style of Archer, I think that okay, would be right. that would be that'd be pretty fun. And for my serious award bait, either Heavy Rain or Heavy Rain, that's all I can think of, and basically make it like a seven TV show movie esque thing. Just fill in some of the the weird gaps. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. Why does he black out and wake up in the middle of the street? Don't, don't stop know. it. Don't don't ask about that. It's fine. <laughs> I know. I think I'm just I'm a massive fan of Seven, and that game might as well be called Hey, we really like Seven, so we've kind of just ripped it off loads. There you go. Um okay, I'll I'll give it a go. For the I'll go for the other way around. For the serious awards bait, I think God of War, the the current one, just makes sense. The reboot. It's already yeah. a really good cinematic story. 
and I think that they could make something really interesting out of that. Um, for the for the fuck it one, uh, <laughs> Papa the rapper. Oh my god! Yeah, no, M&M Crash Bandicoot. Does the voice. Crash Bandicoot. Ah, there you go. Crash, Crash Saturday Bandicoot. morning yeah, kids TV show, but Crash Bandicoot style. Okay, I love it. I saw on social media someone. And I can't remember the name, so I'm so sorry, but look it up. It's hilarious. Someone, any dads or, or mums of this podcast were probably familiar with a TV show called Bluey. If you haven't watched it, it's actually really good. It's generally like written really, really well. But anyway, someone has uh, done an episode of Bluey, but in the animation style of, um, oh, what was it called? Rocco, Rocco's Modern Life. So... <laughs> And it looks incredible. Um, and there we go. That's my. That's my. Go on the internet and find out. Tell Madam Sentia. Moles, have you got any other inspiration behind your Spyro? Oh, I want Spyro. Just some cheeky little dragon on wild misadventures. That, that's, that'd be great. Good for kids. Um, and then a serious one. I would. Alan Wake. Nah. A really. Oh my god! Dark that. thriller. Control <gasps> TV show. Done. That could be a series. All the awards. Yeah. Or dare oh, I say it, awards. let's go down Cyberpunk. It's already had a show on Netflix, I know, but let's have a real and life. And it did really well. It let's have a real life, well. real life. Some might say that revived the game yeah, um, because they timed it to perfection. And I'm really fucking stoked about the DLC. Um, two years later, after we were joking about how rubbish this game looks, we're now talking about it being incredibly bloody brilliant. Speaking about bloody brilliant people, Naughty Dog's president has announced his retirement after 25 years. Now, say what you want about Naughty Dog. They've done some pretty damn good stuff. So I thought I'd ask the pod, what are your favourite Naughty Dog experiences? I'm a sucker for the old days. Back in 1996 or 97, I don't know when that was ages ago, I remember the first game I got on my PlayStation and my whole family gathered around where we saw a little bandicoot jumping around. For me, like to go from that to Last of Us, the, the Uncharted games and everything in between, amazing. But I've got to go for me. My favourite is the OG, Mr. Bandicoot, Hemming. Yeah, favorite Naughty Dog experiences. Crash Bandicoot was the first game I played on the PS One as well. I mean, that was oh, what a what a pop, step up. Cherry. I oh. think it's a triple threat here because it was one of the first that we had when we first got it for the family on our PlayStation. It was amazing. Um, but I think my my favorite Naughty Dog experience so far because they're still going. Yeah. Uh, Neil Druckmann is taking over from our chap that's uh, sitting down. How? Well, he's been the face for a while, and he's now. He's now but he's head. being Mr. Producer, producing Last of Us and making The Last of Us like the freaking MCU of like... I assume he's stepping back. I don't know. I don't know. Man. But my, my favorite experience was Uncharted 2. So it was the game that made me desperately want a PS3 because I had an Xbox 360 and I was like, I keep seeing these PlayStation exclusives. And I just remember the trailer, which is basically the trailer for the recent uh, Mission Impossible film, where the train <laughs> is hanging off the edge of the tracks and he's crawling his way up through it whilst hey, blood's I will not out. have a bad word said about Tom Cruise and his movies on this podcast. We not owe him. anything about Tom. He, he puts his body on the line for you every day, Hemming. Be grateful. <laughs> I'm sorry, Tom. I didn't mean to offend. Because uh, <laughs> I can't find the a stunt talk. double short enough. Uh, oh, 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 no, I was reading this amazing thing that 
on his movies, whenever he works with stunt coordinators, they always end up saying, actually, Tom's better than the guys we've got to do the stunts. So that's like, especially with driving, apparently with driving cars or most vehicles, he is just so technically astute and he's so like focused on his craft. He's been doing it for like 30 years. Like it always ends up being like, actually he is safe for him doing it than the stunt person. You can get close ups <laughs> of the real thing as well. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So yeah, the uh, the video game Tom Cruise that is Nathan Drake. Uh, that was my my favorite experience. And Uncharted Two is still such an incredible game. You can go back and play it now, and it feels incredible. I'm only bringing this up because you can't say Nathan Drake without saying um, uh, Mr. Fillion, because uh, there was a long, long time where Nathan Fillion, the actor, uh, was campaigning doing a lot of heavy lifting for them to make an Uncharted movie and he would make with friends YouTube shorts and things to the kind of be like he it. did is incredible exactly and um, yeah so they were like yeah this is a great idea um, you kind of aged out friend we're going to get Mark Wellberg to do it and then Mark Wellberg aged out he was in the project for so long that he aged out from Nathan and become became <laughs> Sully Sally yeah. The, yeah that's, that's hilarious you you either die a Nathan Drake or you live long enough to become Sully and then they went completely the other way and went oh we'll just get Tom Holland and make him like 15 <laughs> yeah fine. yeah and I, I don't think we get a sequel without kids uh, spoiler alert but um uh, Nathan Fillion has been cast by Mr. James Gunn as the new Green Lantern in his DC universe. Another example of them having someone already cast, like they done to Mr. Mr. Um, Henry Cavill, and then James Gunn going, nah, actually, I'm going to get someone else. I'm going to get my mate Nathan Fillion in. Uh, but I have to say, the guy is an incredible actor. Um, I hope there's a world or a universe somewhere where someone does a modded version of uh, a either an Uncharted game or using AI, like just do a cut of the movie with Nathan Fillion over. <laughs> over that would be incredible. Um, sorry, Harry, I, I over-talked there. What, um, no, don't there, worry about it. When, when people say Naughty Dog, you naturally think about you know the big franchises we mentioned there. You know everything, so I'm going to ask you a question. Is there, a, is there like an underrated Naughty Dog gem that, that no one talks about when they say Naughty Dog? Not that I know of, to be honest with you, because since the Crash Bandicoot, they obviously made stuff before Crash Bandicoot, but I don't know of it. So they went through the Crash Bandicoot trilogy straight into the Jack and Daxter trilogy, which that in itself was an incredible set of games. And then went from that into the Uncharted trilogy, and now they're into The Last of Us, which, you which know, following up their logic, is going to be a trilogy. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I suppose maybe Jack X... Let's go with that. The uh, vehicular combat Jack and Daxter <laughs> game that they always throw in as an Easter egg in all the Last of Us games as a broken down arcade machine. <laughs> There's the unsung Beautiful, gem. beautiful. No, beautiful. I, I genuinely, genuinely don't know much about their history prior to Crash Bandicoot. Well, hopefully we get another 25 years of awesomeness. And please, please don't become an Xbox studio. Keep doing what you're doing. Moles. What's up? Anything else you want to say about Naughty Dog? Or are you with me? That is Crash or Die. <laughs> it's yeah. Crash or die. <laughs> uh, what? Um, yeah, no, they just do fantastic games. And like you say, with The Last of Us run that they're on at the minute, who, who knows what's coming after? 
Fair enough. Well, uh, that's it for the news we've got, apart from two other items that have happened since we uh, had our production meeting. Uh, one was uh, Gex 3D, Gex Tr- uh, Trilogy, getting a lovely remaster. Could, could I talk us just a second on this? Yes. May I? So Limited Run decided to do a showcase about three weeks after everybody else had gone. <laughs> yeah, that E3 season that used to happen, it's finished. They were like, oh, excuse me, guys, got got some stuff. I love to think there's a marketing <laughs> intern somewhere that goes, guys, guys. If we look at the calendar, no one's doing anything here. It's like um, someone right now going, hey, Comic-Con, there's so many stalls available. It's almost like they're not allowed to promote any movies right now. We should totally buy every standard Let's Comic-Con. Let's go. <laughs> but they, they've uh, got their own – they've got this engine called the Carbon Engine, which apparently can take the uh, information from any old systems, put it into a modern engine that you can then tweak for modern consoles. So they've put this out there to the world and said, if you want to use this engine, let us know. We will port your games over to modern consoles um, physically as well. So the Gex trilogy is one of these first games that they're using this engine for. Amazing. They're all three Gex games from the old PS1 days. Yeah, it was the third one. What was the yeah. third one about? So there was Gex. Well, this is the thing. You probably don't actually know the original because the original was Gex more of a- 3D Enter the Gecko. No, that, that, not- that was not the original. Oh, okay. Then I know the others then. Yeah, so the original <laughs> was just a side-scroller. Pretty generic side-scroller. Then he turns into a super spy and becomes the games that we know and love, which was Deep Cover Gecko and Enter the Gecko. Yes. So the third one is the actual the original that not many people know of. So that's going to be coming physically to PS5 and PS4 and Xbox, which is just mad. But along with that, they announced a bunch of other games. I won't go through them all, but the highlights for me... Tomba. Do you remember Tombi, as it was called over here? It was a, no. You're a pink-haired Sorry. caveman on a platformer that has to capture a bunch of evil pigs inside of magical <laughs> bags. It was the 90s. It was fun. It, it's absolutely nuts. The music is brilliant, and it's made by a company called Whoopi Camp. <laughs> you fly on a giant floppy-eared dog. It's amazing. So that's coming back. And then another one that I thought we'd never see the light of day, El Shaddai Ascension of the Metatron. So this was made by a bunch of people that had made Okami that somebody paid a bunch of money once Clover Studio went under and said, come together and make a game for me. And they made this game, which is almost a God of War-esque clone, where you're fighting your way through heaven, killing angels and your save point is a bloke who calls up God to tell him that you want to save the game. It's mental. Absolutely batshit insane. I I remember very little of it other than going up to the save point and this guy gets his phone out and goes, hey, yeah, guy wants to save again. All right, guy. Cheers. (laughs) What is happening? So so these are all ports of old old gen games. Yeah, so that what they can do is they can take all the information of these old games, all the code, all of that, put it into this engine that you can then tweak and modify and just so it'll push modify out. the controls so it would work yeah. for you know, modern day console yeah. controls. And it pushes and like it that. out onto modern on modern consoles. So it's a really interesting concept. I imagine it does like 70% of the lifting and then someone can just do a bit of polish and then you know, QA is, the hell. And, this yeah. is what it sounds like. So with Tombi, they've announced that it's got a whole new soundtrack, that they've got the original composer back to do a new soundtrack for it. 
So I know Moles, I can imagine the Moles' response uh, of going, yeah, I've got that. It's called an emulator. Numbskulls. <laughs> There's a bit of there's a bit of magic going on by the sounds there, of it, so that it, it runs as optimal for you know yeah, modern yeah, day yeah, stuff. There will be, but I I do question modern consoles are basically PCs, right? They've got the oh, power yeah. of the P, they've yeah. got the computer computational power yeah. to do this stuff natively. If they pulled their fingers out and just did it. I mean, I get that the PS3 the can't be done natively because of the architecture. Yeah. I get that. But like the premium tier of PlayStation Plus is that you can get the classic games, and Sony are kind of polishing it and doing it themselves. But, yeah, but, yeah, but the, po- the point only is only for that, PS3 still. That's yeah, the thing, I, isn't it? Yeah, well, that's just architecture reasons. Well, this isn't is the it? thing with this this carbon engine. El Shaddai was a PS3 game, so they can oh. take this and turn it into playable on modern consoles. Which is why I was like, holy crap. Okay. Metal Gear 4, Metal Gear 4, Metal Gear 4. Okay. Although I've only ever played that game like two or three times and it's been like probably 20 only years. Only two or three it. times. That's still a lot more than a lot of people it's, will play No, games. no, I But like like the other Metal Gear games, especially when that, like Metal Gear 2, I've probably played a ton of times. Metal Gear 3, tons of times. I'm going to play it again, shitloads, when the collection comes out. Like I have such a, a hankering to play Metal Gear 4 and I can't tell you any good parts of that game, but I still really, really want to play it. The load screen again, just yeah, yeah, the load screens, yeah, exactly right. <laughs> <laughs> and laughing at the hour cutscene to then crawl under a car to give you a twenty-minute cutscene, right? And throwing up after you kill too many people. I remember yeah, that was a thing. <laughs> it's got weird things. Like it's kind of like I liken this to do you know in GTA Five they applied so much polish that if you're just wearing pants as your character and you go into water, your testicles shrink. Like that level and that's of our podcast, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's like a thing. It's like a thing. Like, every, like a developer talks about, like, yeah, we generally like put that much. Effort. Amazing. That's like a. That's like that sort of level of stuff being done on a PS3 game with uh, with Metal Gear Four. I kind of want to relive that stuff. Anyway, before we descend into looking at testicles of old video games, um, let's round it off as a pod. Thank you for taking time to listen to this pod. If you've liked what you've been listening to, then maybe, just maybe, you're willing to go a little bit further. Click on that like, follow, subscribe, whatever button it is. That means you get more content from Grey Fox Plays. I have been your host of this here establishment, Adam Flynn, but I want to more importantly thank the Moles. Jonathan Moles. Thank you very much, producer Moles. Thank you very much. Good evening. Hemming, what platinum will you get between now and next pod? Ooh, Final Fantasy 16. That's the you one we're going to be going you're for. nailing that fucker. Absolutely. I, I would like to say that I would match that with Resident Evil 4, you but will. I can promise you there may be like a couple of golds by then. I've got probably two more playthroughs left. I need to do the gun one, and I need to do the one where I don't speak to the the merchant. You got this. I'm just saying, you don't want to be, uh, you don't want to be made uh, to be the odd one out here when Mike turns up at the next pod talking about his latest platinum. Just saying. Ah, oh, yeah, see, yeah. Don't spoil it. Don't spoil it. Don't spoil it. Don't spoil it. Just saying. Just saying. I'm, I'm putting hard yards in. <laughs> putting hard yards in. I'll get there. I'll get there in the end. Anyway, uh, it has been a pleasure to serve you. A good day. Mm-hmm.